Today is the 4th of July, the day we commemorate the birth of our nation in the Declaration of Independence, the day we celebrate the freedom that we enjoy, and it's appropriate and especially appropriate for us as Christians to reflect on the gift of freedom that we enjoy and what it means for us. Freedom is defined by Merriam-Webster as one, the quality or state of being free, such as the absence of necessity, coercion or constraint in choice or action, two, liberation from slavery or from the power of another. The Oxford Dictionary defines it as the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. Two, the absence of subjection to a foreign domination or despotic government, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. For us as Christians, freedom is more than the right to do what we choose. It involves the forgiveness of our sins and all that this means for our lives. Freedom is a tremendous gift. For those of us who have not really experienced slavery or bondage, it's hard to grasp the importance and the power of freedom. Freedom is something that to a significant extent I'm afraid we take for granted, and thus we don't really think enough about its significance. And because of this, I think it's important to just take a little bit and reflect on the experiences of those who have been slaves. And it isn't just the violence or the backbreaking work or the poverty that slaves had to endure, the lack of freedom had, I think, significantly more devastating effects. And to explore this, I want to take a look at the life of a woman named Sojourner Truth. She was born Isabel Bomfrey in 1797 to enslaved parents James and Elizabeth Bomfrey. At the age of nine, she was separated from her parents and sold at auction to John Neely for $100 along with a flock of sheep. Imagine what it would be like to have your child taken from you and sold to someone else. Imagine what it would like, what it would be like to be a nine-year-old child and to be sold and to find yourself on your own. Neely, her new owner, was a cruel and often violent man who beat the young girl frequently. She was sold two more times by the age of 13 and ultimately ended up at West Park, New York, in the home of John Dumont. Around the age of 18, uh, 
Isabella fell in love with an enslaved man named Robert from a nearby farm. But the couple were not allowed to marry since they had separate owners. Instead, Isabella was forced to marry another enslaved man owned by Dumont, whose name was Thomas. She eventually bore five children, James, Diana, Peter, Elizabeth, and Sophia. Consider what it would do to your heart, to your mind, to your sense of self, to be forced to marry someone not of your choosing. Eventually, Dumont promised Isabella that he'd grant her freedom on the 4th of July in 1826, if she would do well and be faithful. However, when the date arrived, he changed his mind and refused to let her go. Incensed, Isabella completed what she felt was her obligation to Dumont and then escaped his clutches with her infant daughter in tow. But in what had to be another gut-wrenching decision, she left her other children behind because they were still legally bound to Dumont. Freedom is a tremendous, tremendous gift. It's hard for us to really grasp the full significance of freedom. Freedom is the right to do and be what we choose. And it certainly involves freedom from slavery, but it also involves freedom from all kinds of oppression. Freedom is a gift that is often fought for and about, and those conflicts have literally cost millions of lives over the years. All you have to do is think about the wars and the battles throughout history. We can go all the way back to God's deliverance of Israel from slavery in Egypt and go right through our own war of independence and the Civil War and two world wars and the Korean War and the Vietnam War and the wars in Iraq and Iran and the current war on terror. Freedom is an absolutely incredible gift that shapes us in ways that we only begin to realize. For us as Christians, the most important part of freedom rests in the forgiveness of our sins through Christ's death on the cross and his subsequent resurrection. Without the forgiveness of our sins, all other freedom is diminished. The freedom that comes in forgiveness is an incredible gift because there is no way that we can earn this forgiveness. In the words of the Apostle Paul, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, what God intends us to be. Only the forgiveness that comes to us in Christ restores us to relationship with our holy God 
and ultimately with one another and enables us to begin to live as the human beings that God intends us to be. Freedom is a tremendous gift. It is also an awesome responsibility. Freedom involves forgiveness from our sin, as well as the absence of oppression and slavery. It also, and this I think is extremely important, always involves the issue of what we do with it. The freedom that comes to us in the forgiveness we have in Christ and the freedom we have as a part of this country mean that we can do and be things that many people simply can't. The freedom we enjoy in this nation means that we can choose to while away our lives in idle pursuits if we so choose. But the responsibility that goes with freedom means that we need to use it to make ourselves, our country, and our world a better place for all. This country was founded on a vision of freedom and justice. And as Christians, we know that all human beings are created in the image of God and are to have the opportunity to grow into all that God intends them to be. The issues and the questions around how to achieve this are incredibly complex and they continually need to be addressed by society as a whole. And while the results of this have been and will be imperfect, we as Christians need to participate in the discussion. Our response to the gift of freedom needs to flow out of our understanding that freedom individually and as a nation and as a world is ultimately a gift from God and needs to be used for God's glory. Christian freedom is not unrestrained permission to do whatever we please. In the New Testament lesson, in Galatians, Paul reminds us that God calls us to freedom, but he adds, do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. I think a big part of what Paul means is don't use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. Don't use your freedom for self-centered living. Our freedom in Christ leads us to a life of loving service for the benefit of others. This is a life where faith works through love to build others up. Indeed, faith in Christ makes radical loving service possible and in the process fulfills the will of God for human relationships. Freedom. Freedom to love and to serve after the example set by Christ is God's intention for all humanity. Real freedom is a gift from God given to us through faith. And like all good gifts, it can be misused. 
Believers can misuse the freedom they have to dominate or to abuse others. And on the other side of the coin, people who love and serve others can be taken advantage of and abused. And I think this is a significant part of the reason that Paul makes the distinction between living for the flesh and living a God-centered life in the Spirit. As Christians, we are to avoid the works of the flesh, which are reflected in self-centered things like pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Instead, we are to rely on the Spirit to live out our freedom, that we might learn where it rests and what it involves and what it leads us to. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and self-control are some of the gifts of the Spirit that develop within us as we live out and seek to live out the freedom that we enjoy as believers in the risen Christ. Those who belong to Christ are to turn away from the flesh with its passions and desires, and following Jesus were to die to the enticements and the power of the flesh and are no longer to be under that spell. Instead, we are to live in the freedom of the rule of the Spirit. We are to exercise self-control and put the, other, the needs of others ahead of our own needs. Following our Lord, who exchanged places with sinful humanity, taking upon himself the curse that our sin deserved in order that we might receive forgiveness by grace through faith, we are freed and empowered to serve others in the same loving, self-sacrificing ways. I would suggest that this is much more than going down to help at the soup kitchen one or two days a month. Not to say that that is unimportant. It is important. But loving service to others is much more. It is seeking each day in every area of life to live in such a way that people are enabled and encouraged to become all that God intends them to be. There is no power for this way of life apart from the power that is given in the Spirit. Through Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, the Spirit of the risen Christ is given to us that we might live out the reality of the kingdom of God. By faith, we as Christ's followers are enabled to practice divine faithfulness, the foremost expression of which is love for God and love for others. Love is the greatest gift of the Spirit and the greatest expression of our freedom in Christ. Using our freedom responsibly through walking by the Spirit is not really something that's optional for us. Either we will be governed by the controlling power of the flesh and will exhibit unrighteousness in self-centered living, or we are under the controlling power of the Spirit 
and will be growing into displaying God's righteousness in the world through loving God and neighbor. I think this is why Paul is so adamant that the Galatians and all who are Christians walk by the Spirit and live by the Spirit. The freedom that we have, that we are given in Christ our Lord, leads us into lives of faithful, loving service after the example of our Lord. May it be so in our living. Amen.